Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. I pray that you're well. It is so good to be with you. God bless you on this Friday, um, the end of a wonderful week and a chance today. Not a chance, but a, uh, well, opportunity, but uh, may I say requirement uh, for us to sacrifice for our Lord, because every Friday is a mini Good Friday, and the Church has never... Um, given up the requirement for us to sacrifice on Friday. It has given up the absolute requirement not to have meat on Friday for those who um, uh, really need to do so. But um, uh, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops have asked us to keep uh, meat as our Friday sacrifice um, to uh, as a sacrifice to end abortion in the country. But the uh, Vatican II requirements um, no longer require us uh, to give up meat, but they have never um, canceled the requirement for us to sacrifice something. Um, We need to abstain from something. And so um, if you're a vegetarian, uh, you've never given up meat anyway, and you... Uh, may not have entered into the Friday sacrifice and the the um, Council of Vatican II wanted us to mature and to grow up into Christ and not just follow rules, but follow the heart behind those rules. And so if we are a vegetarian, you need to give up something else, maybe your favorite vegetable um, or whatever it may be. And again, if you're uh, younger than 14 and older than 59, you're not required to give up meat. But I would say, if you can, it would be a better sacrifice for you to do that. If health forbids you to do that, then you choose another sacrifice. So um, uh, if you eat meat because you forget it's Friday, you have it by mistake, then then enter into another sacrifice. Forfeit your dessert or salt on your food or do something to sacrifice uh, every single Friday and walk with God and with the church. Um, I came across a good article that I started to read yesterday, just really the beginning of it. And um, we've been talking about getting your children out of public school. And I'll show you this book again for those of you who have um who may not have seen it uh, a couple of times that I did show it. Um, It's called Get Out Now. It was written a couple of years ago, and the subtitle is Why You Should Pull Your Child from Public School Before It's Too Late. I'm going to tell you, beloved, that it's already too late in many uh, areas of the country. And again, if you send your children to... um, Catholic schools, 
you may need to get them out of there, too. If they have the core program, C-O-R-E, the government program, do not let your child come under that. If they have sex ed, take your children out of school. You can, If you can still opt out of the sex ed classes and send your child to the Catholic school, that may be okay. But if they have sex ed or the teaching core, it's not a Catholic school no matter what their title is. So parents, you need to know what you're exposing your children to because those children are yours to raise for the kingdom. But you have the stewardship of you of them. They are not yours. They belong to God. And he has given them to you to raise for his kingdom. Very, very serious obligation. You'll never have more anything more solemn in life to do than to raise your children for the kingdom. So even if you send them to a Catholic school, you need to make sure of what they're learning and that it's truly Catholic. And wherever you send your children, Catholic or public, private, charter, whatever you do, you need to spend time with them at home, mom and dad at home, and find out what they learned that day and feed it through the grid of the true Catholic faith if there's anything that's gone awry. And so I have an example here of a couple of Catholic schools that are a model of what Catholic schools should be. And the uh, title of this, it's written by um, uh, Patrick Riley, who is the founder and president of the Cardinal Newman Society, which is a national organization to advocate and support the renewal of genuine Catholic higher education. If you want to look for a good Catholic college for your children, go to the Cardinal Newman Guide for Catholic Education, and you will send them. If it's in that guide as approved, then it's a school for you uh, to look into for your children. Um, This is written by the, the president of that, and the title is Catholic Schools Must Restore America's Faith in the Real Presence. I read just the the opening uh, few sentences yesterday. I'll read the whole thing now. It's not too long, and I'll read it from the beginning. This is an eighth grader's comment. Quote, he is truly there in the Eucharist, end quote, says Amelia Stripka, Shripka, it looks like, S-H-R-I-P-K-A, Shripka, the eighth grader at Everest Collegiate High School and Academy in Clarkston, Michigan, takes delight in the Eucharistic procession that her school holds every year. And they have a picture of it in this article. It is a quote, this is from Amelia, great time to reflect on what Jesus did for us, end quote. Now, wouldn't you love every eighth grader, every 14 or so year old to say that from her heart? Wouldn't you love that? Send her to a good Catholic school. uh, Raise your children in a good, uncompromising, knowledgeable Catholic home. And that will also be the heart of your child. And Patrick Riley goes on to say, but according to a recent report from the Pew Research Center, such strong faith is increasingly uncommon. The Pew study found that only 26% of United States Catholics under age 40 believe in Christ's real presence in the Eucharist. So how does the church restore faith, he asks, in its most precious sacrament? One key solution is the renewal of faithful 
Catholic education, whether in parochial schools, lay-run schools, online programs, or in the home. And then he says, at Everest School, this school where Amelia goes, Amelia says there are, quote, this is the eighth grader speaking, there are, quote, many opportunities to be with God that help her to grow closer and closer to him, end quote. Students visit the Eucharist daily, and here's another quote. There are four chapels on campus, which means that students never have to go far to have the opportunity to encounter Christ in the Eucharist, says a school representative. Students encounter the Eucharist from the time they are very young, and second graders complete an authentically Catholic preparation program at the school before their first communion. This is the kind of formation that is needed to address the crisis in our church today. It urgently needs the support and encouragement of Catholic leaders and families. Forming young people in the faith requires Catholic parents and educators who once again embrace the Church's foundational principles and vision for Catholic education. The Church expects Catholic educators to not only teach the faith, but provide living encounters with Christ. I tell you, beloved, I can't tell you how thrilled I am to read this article with you and to hear this, because a Catholic school is not Catholic because it has a religion class. It's Catholic because its teachers are Catholic, and they live the faith and impart the faith in their lives, whether they teach geography or history or science or whatever it is. They impart the faith by everything they do and fail to do. No class in a Catholic school, whether it's gymnastics, science, or anything else, should start without prayer. These are my comments now. The faith should be lived throughout the school every day. Quote, catechesis is intrinsically linked with the whole of liturgical and sacramental activity, for it is in the sacraments, especially in the Eucharist, that Christ Jesus works in fullness for the transformation of human beings. And we can look to the examples of faithful Catholic schools, including those recognized by the Cardinal Newman Society, Catholic Education on a Roll, to help curb the statistics reported by the Pew. I would urge you, beloved, to look to the Cardinal Newman Society. How do I know that? As a religious, uh, this is a side now, I'm not reading, for those of you just listening uh, on the air and not live stream. Um, We are a religious congregation. We are allowed to support um, the poor. And we we live completely on donations, nothing else. We accept no uh, salaries, even if we teach classes or school. We never ask for a penny if people... Uh, are able to give us a stipend or they give us uh, assistance. We love it. We love it. But we never charge for anything. Um, 
I go around the country at times when I can, and I speak, and there are generous people that we always run into, but we don't charge a penny. Nothing. We never, we, and we don't ever want to. Um, Uh, what did I get sidetracked on here? Oh, the, the Cardinal Newman, forgive me. My, my mind is beginning to go, I think. Um, but we support the poor. Uh, we always keep money with us when we travel someplace for people in need. Um, and we support a few organizations. And I will tell you publicly, when I've never said this before, Cardinal Newman Society is one of those that we support. We do that because they are so vital to the future of the kingdom, of Catholic education, of the future of the family. We believe that. And we have followed them for years, and uh, we get their newsletters, we see what they do, we see how quickly they denounce a Catholic school that is Catholic in name only, and um, they are a protection, and we uh, we are so confident in their good work that we personally support them as well financially, um, in as we can. Um, and so I would urge you not only to support the Cardinal Newman Society as you can, whether it's a dollar or a million dollars, what that's up to you between you and God, but also take a look at their honor roll before you send your child to a Catholic school, and especially a university. Okay, I'm going to go on with the article now. Uh, For instance, Holy Family Academy in Manassas, Virginia, says it is, quote, committed to continuing the wisdom of the not-so-distant past, end quote, when it comes to forming students in the faith. And here's a quote, um, um, from the school's headmaster, the, the Holy Family Academy in Manassas, Virginia. He says, quote, My dad went to Catholic schools from grade school to college, um, says um, Mo Waltering, the school's headmaster. His father went, his father went to daily mass every day of his school career and attended Georgetown University in the 1940s when students were still expected to go to mass. I say with him, Georgetown University tragically is not today um, what it should be. It's not. I don't think it's in the Newman Guide as a Catholic university. It's a shame. And he says here, when students were still expected to go to Mass, but that was in the 1940s. Few schools today require students to attend daily Mass, but Waltering finds that the practice works well for his holy family students. Quote, We want students to have a daily encounter with the person of Christ who is fully present in the Blessed Sacrament, he explains. And he goes on, the daily encounter with the person who is truth, capital T, can only help our mission to discover truth, capital T, in the classroom. Students at Holy Family are exposed to beautiful and reverent liturgies in both the ordinary form and extraordinary form. Well, blessed be God forever. Quote, the Catholic faith informs all that we do at Holy Family and indeed is the reason for all that we do. Um, 
That's fantastic. End quote. Mary Star of the Sea High School in San Pedro, California, another honor roll school. How beautiful. I've been there. How beautiful to, to know this. Mary Star of the Sea High School in San Pedro, California, another honor roll school, quote, teaches about the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, both in the classroom and at adoration and benediction, end quote. According to the school's rector, Father Nicholas Tachito, I think it's T-A-C-I-T-O, um, T-A-C-I-T-O, students are also taught about the different Eucharistic miracles that have taken place over the years. St. Michael's Abbey Preparatory School. I know about this one. It's a Catholic boarding school in Silverado, California. I tell you what, um, the um, uh, the prior of I will tell you this. St. Michael's Abbey, uh, Father Hugh Barber was my spiritual director in California for years. He is now the chaplain of Catholic Answers. He is a convert to the Church from Anglicanism, and a brilliant mind and a holy priest. And he is part of St. Michael's Abbey, Abbey, rather, how funny, Abbey, St. Michael's Abbey Preparatory School, Catholic boarding school in Silverado, California, run by the Norbertine Fathers, has had, they have had great success for more than five decades, that's over 50 years, with a highly traditional program, students attend daily Mass, receive the Eucharist kneeling, and attend adoration of the Blessed Sacrament every evening. Here, Lex Orande and Lex Credente, Lex Vivendi, guides the formation of young people. As one, that would translate as one prays, so one believes, and so one lives. Um, I will... I will uh, recommend St. Michael's Abbey, I keep saying that, St. Michael's Abbey Preparatory School to every, for every young man. Sadly, the article says, next year, St. Michael's will be one of the thousands of Catholic schools, oh no, to have closed their doors in the United States over the last half century. Oh, that's heartbreaking to me, and I didn't know that. Next year, reversing this trend and preserving the faithful education of schools such as this, while giving increasing attention to new faithful options like homeschooling and lay-established independent schools will be important to forming the next generation of Catholics. Well, that is... Sad news to me, this article was written um, three days ago, and so um, I don't know if you can still enroll your child for this year, but uh, it looks like they'll be closing next year. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm sure it's with proper thoughts. And again, um, moving children toward faithful options like homeschooling and lay-established independent schools. The article goes on, many Catholic schools have seen the wonderful fruits of their dedication to authentic Catholic education. A great example is Mount Royal Academy in Sunapee, New Hampshire, which recently celebrated its 25th anniversary and has been blessed with more than 
40, 40 conversions to the Catholic faith among its students. I've got chills to read that. Quote, many of these conversions involve students who from their own volition decide to embrace the Catholic faith on their own, says Derek Tremblay, headmaster of the academy. This is because, he says, students encounter the Eucharist in weekly mass first and foremost, end quote. And he goes on to say this, quote, each boy in our school looks forward to serving at the altar, and the sacred music is carefully selected to ensure the beauty of the liturgy is adequately represented, he says. But he is careful to note that, quote, we do not create the Mass experience, end quote. Instead, quote, we practice the traditional worship that has worked since antiquity, and each high moment in the academic calendar is connected to the liturgical year. If we are going to celebrate anything, we do so with the Holy Eucharist. You know, beloved, this is an awful thing to tell you, but when I was looking into the church over almost five years, every time there was a wedding, there was a special celebration, there was a graduate, there was something in a Catholic church, and I would go to see what Catholics are about. I came out one day and said, you do everything, no matter what it is, you always do the same thing. It's always a math. You do the same thing no matter what it is. It's just night and day from the Protestant world I was exposed to. And so, yes, everything we do, we do with the Holy Eucharist. And the article concludes, Still, before the latest Pew data was released, Mount Royal's school leadership team prepared a plan to focus even more attention on the Eucharist and teacher formation this coming school year. Oh, I applaud them for that. Teachers need to be formed. And they want to be formed. Good teachers want to know how to grow in holiness and help their students to do that. Quote, he says, reverence toward the Eucharist remains the most important educational objective of Catholic education, uh, end quote. And the Pew study, he adds, is a stark reminder that we can no longer think we are doing enough, end quote. And end of article, beloved our little community just came from Mass at a Novus Ordo parish where we must go during the week for time's sake, and we go to the Latin Mass on Sunday. But during the week, we go to a Novus Ordo parish. And because school is started again, every Friday is the school Mass, and every Friday I absolutely grieve I walk in where they're practicing the children reading the scriptures and I grieve, my heart sinks and I grieve all through the mass and when I leave. It is absolutely awful and nobody knows it's awful. The children don't know how awful it is that they read the scripture. They don't know how to read the scripture. The teachers are teaching them but the teachers don't know. Um, and they they have at least six of them go up to rotate with reading the prayers. That should never happen. No child should read prayers. It's the place of the priest. No child should read the scripture. They're in school uniforms, but their pants 
are so tight. In some cases, they could hardly walk. It's absolutely immodest, whether it's a male or female. Um, um, they walk down from the sanctuary while the priest is still praying. Uh, the the servers, um, one young lady in long hair, not pinned back, nothing sloppy all over the place. Um, they're not well trained. They walk back and forth in front of the tabernacle without so much as a nod of the head, let alone a profound bow or a or a, uh, a genuflection. It is enormously irreverent and. I don't believe anyone there has that intention. They simply don't know better. They are not trained. Shame on the priests. That's what I say. Shame on the priests uh, for not training them, for not caring. And uh, and on the school teachers. The school teachers are dressed uh, as immodestly as the children. A teacher, um, uh, probably in her at least her 50s, um, with her dress above her knees, and she's not really physically suited for that. Nobody is, but it, it's just awful, the whole thing. It's truly awful. Um, I don't speak to them about it. It's really not my parish. Uh, I'm not there to assist them. But reading this article on worship and reverence and good Catholic schools is, it, it's as if we're on two different planets, and we are. One is heavenly, the other is earthly. Both are the Eucharist, and it's, it's, uh, it's a very sad situation. So we need to do all we can, beloved, to live our faith and to honor the God who gave himself for us and continues to do that in the Eucharist. God bless you, beloved. Now we can call in during this break. It's a perfect time. Our phone lines are wide open. Call in with anything on your heart or text. Toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross. Many of us have family that we remember in our will. But have you considered your spiritual family? By leaving a bequest to the Station of the Cross, you'll join us in evangelizing the world and proclaiming the truth to countless souls. Let your life's financial blessings be a blessing to others to help them learn about Jesus and the gospel message through the Station of the Cross. If you'd like to discuss the possibility of a bequest, please call us at 1-877-888-6279. We also encourage you to speak with your lawyer or financial advisor to learn more about how you can include the Station of the Cross in your will. Thank you for your generosity in sharing the love of God with others for many more years to come. Tune in weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful, full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. 
faithful insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at FaithfulInsight.com and may God bless you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. We have a whole half hour to ourselves. Our lines are wide open, and you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. And as I often say, it never needs to be what we're speaking about. The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. So call in or text toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Barbara in Chicago, and she writes, Dear, whoops, let me just see, I went down too far. Okay, Dear Mother Miriam, I am so happy that I recently found your podcast on LifeSite News, and I look forward to beginning each day with you. That's great, Barbara. And let me just say, for those who um, are also just finding the podcast, it is on LifeSite News. It is also on the Facebook page of LifeSite and the Station of the Cross. And um, and you can listen to, um, um, you can also go to iCatholicRadio.com to listen just to the audio. You can go to Mother Miriam Live and YouTube. So many places to, to listen. Thanks be to God for the partnership with LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Um, Barbara says, I also enjoy Mother Angelica's program uh, on EWTN, and her loss has left a deep void for souls searching for answers to their spiritual questions. So finding you was a real blessing. You are the light that has filled that void. Well, that is an enormous uh, uh, compliment and delight to me, Barbara. Thank you. Barbara says this, um, my question is, I am looking into entering the third order of St. Dominic as a private secular tertiary and was contacted by a brother of the Sacred Heart Church Dominican Priests and Brothers in Massachusetts who kindly sent me information on the requirements of becoming a Dominican. These requirements seem to be very restrictive, however, in that I would no longer be able to attend the so-called indult, that is the Latin Mass, at a local diocesan parish, uh, sometimes the SSPX Latin Mass or the Novus Ordo. I would also need, which is the new Mass, I, also, I would also need to receive again the valid sacraments she said, I was informed that the Novus Ordo confirmation is invalid and that I would also need a conditional baptism. I would also have to weekly attend the traditional Mass at Sacred Heart, what I believe is an SSPV, that's the Society of St. Pius V Chapel, and reject the Novus Ordo altogether as it is not a Catholic Church. Well, now, 
this is what Barbara was told. Barbara, before I finish reading your email, uh, it's, it's wrong. I absolutely disagree. It's not true. She says, I was raised Catholic and received all of the sacraments in the Novus Ordo Church during the 1970s and 80s. It is distressing to think that they may be invalid according to this order of Dominicans. I'm just telling you straight out, the sacraments of the Novus Ordo are not invalid. If you were baptized, if you were confirmed, you are validly baptized and confirmed. As long as they baptized you in the Trinitarian formula of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, you are validly baptized. She says, I attend the new mass daily and the traditional Latin mass every Sunday at a diocesan church. I also attend mass at an SSPX chapel on occasion. I would be very sad to give all this up in order to be a lay Dominican. Well, I certainly don't intend you give it up, Barbara, and I think you'd be wrong. The church would not want that. She says, I believe that this order of Dominicans is of the Society of St. Pius V, which seems to reject the above-mentioned masses that I currently attend, as well as the FSSP, that's the Fraternity of the Society of St. Peter. I'm trying to become a more devout Catholic and would very much appreciate your opinion on what I should do. Thank you and God bless you, Mother. Barbara, um, I would say don't go in that direction. Don't go in the direction of the Society of St. Pius V. I think, as far as I know, they're very strict. They have good love for God, good reverence, but they, you know, some people, um, how do I become, how do I say it, almost become too Catholic, you know, in a sense that they're no longer Catholic. You can't eliminate all that. No, 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 no. Um, to tell you not to attend even a Latin Mass uh, run by a diocesan priest is absolutely wrong. So, no, no, I would not suggest you become a third order secular with them, since you're asking me, absolutely not. I would trust that the sacraments you have are valid. And if you want to become a third order, there are other Dominicans um the regular Dominicans that you could turn to that either either celebrate the Novus Ordo uh, or the Latin Mass. And of course, I would recommend the Latin Mass above the Novus Ordo, but not if it's a, a separatist group. Um, and the SSPX, by the way, um, it, it's a very difficult uh, thing to determine, but at the moment... I think the latest word is that they're not in communion with the church. I hate that because I wish they were, but I think that's the latest word on it, that they're not in communion with the church. So I would not go to an SSPX church unless you are unable to attend Mass at any other church in your area. Um, but uh, you you can go to a regular Latin Mass Um so look into, if you wish to be a Dominican, look into a Dominican order um, and, uh, bec- and, and start the process. Um, uh, if you wish to be a Benedictine, we are beginning a third order oblate, and you're welcome to uh, um, take a look at us as well. Uh, it's just a very beginning stage. We're going to have very, very simple process. We're calling it's the Benedictine Oblates of the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, and we're calling it Mary's Oblates for short. And uh, we're beginning by sending uh, the rule of St. Benedict out to everyone that wants to be a part of that. And then having a formation that's 
going to be a monthly newsletter and something extremely simple for you and the family to be able to do together um, in your own way. Just little steps. It's not going to be a, a hard formation. We have to be very flexible because we want everyone to put the family first. And so we want to do things in a way that will enable you to put family first. Um, but I would say, uh, Barbara, go ahead and look up the Dominican Order, not the Society of St. Pius V. And um, St. Catherine of Siena was a third order. Tertiary um, Rose of Lima, St. Rose of Lima, whose feast day it is today in the extraordinary form. Uh, followed St. Catherine of Siena as a tertiary, so um, you have good examples there. Okay, um, we have a f- three callers on the line, and we're going to get to you the minute we come back from this break. Uh, call in with anything on your heart, toll-free 1-877-511-5483, beloved, and we'll be right back. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. new to High Catholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download to your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community. Connect with us through social media and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. Good to be with you, and we've got a good 15 minutes to ourselves, so call in with anything on your heart. Again, the number to call or text is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. Or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have a call on the line from Paul in Buffalo. Hello, Paul. Are you there, dear brother? Paul, are you there? We um, well, let's go on to Joanne then from Boston. Are you there, Joanne? Hi, Mother. How are you? Oh, I'm terrific, sweetheart. How are you doing? Good, Mother. Good. Um, I just had a question about um, face-to-face confession as opposed to confession in the confessional. My parish has face-to-face confession, and um, I just don't feel that comfortable with it. And I just I could go to another parish for confession. But I'm just not sure. I just wonder about what your thoughts. Do they, are. Does your parish not have an actual confessional? Well, they do, but they don't use it. It's in the. So what do they, they use for? Use what do they do use for confession? It's in a uh, like a conference room. You know, okay. face with the priest. Okay. Uh, here's what I would do, uh, Joanne. I would tell the priest that. You do not wish face-to-face confession and that you think you're not the only one in the church that feels that way. And is it possible for him to begin to use the confessionals again? And you can tell him, in case he doesn't know, that two things. Number one, um, uh Every church, no church is required to have face-to-face confession, but every church is required to have anonymous confession. Confession oh. is required to be anonymous. Now, if a person wants to go face-to-face, they can, but the requirement is that it be anonymous. People don't. People need to be able to confess without the priest seeing them or even knowing who they are. They need that privacy and secrecy if they wish it, or just not to be disturbed by looking at the priest. A woman, in particular, should not go face-to-face with a priest. She should always go behind the screen. And well, that's so, how I feel that it's too familiar. It's it too, is. You're absolutely right. So, Joanne, your priest is not doing what is right. Uh, okay. Go to him and say with a um, respectful heart, Father, I have been so extremely comfortable, uncomfortable rather, sitting face to face in confession. Um, And so I looked into it and I learned that the church is required to uh, um, provide a, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for, an anonymous confessional. And that can't happen apart from the screen between the the uh, penitent and the priest, would you please uh, be able to use the confessional so we could have a proper confession? And those who wish to go face-to-face with you uh, can do that. But um, but I, I don't want to continue face-to-face, dear Father, and uh, if you won't use the confessional, I'm simply going to have to go to another parish for confession. Okay. Okay. Okay, That's what I would you, do, Joanne. I'm glad you feel that way because you're right, and the priest is wrong. 
Okay. Okay, thank you so much, Mother. Have You're a great welcome, day. sweetheart. You too. Uh, let me see if Paul is there from Buffalo again. Are you there, dear one? I'm here, Mother. Okay, good. Good. Go ahead with your yep. question. I, I'm so sorry about that before I bumped the mute button on my phone. And oh, there realize. you go. That happens. <laughs> I, I, I think jo- God wanted Joanne to go first. No problem. Go ahead, dear. Amen. I love your faith in that. Um, yeah. Uh, so a couple of days ago, we were, you were speaking about the bioethics and yes. the uh, vaccinations. Yes. Um, so, you know, I've been thinking about that. There was another program I was listening to last week. They had a discussion about that. It was a secular uh, radio station. Mm-hmm. But, and, uh, and I kept on saying to myself, my gosh, how come... You know, who are the people that don't want to go get the vaccination? It's because I I kept saying to myself, it's because this vaccination is made from uh, cells, you know, from abortions. And um, so what I was thinking about, what I kind of wanted to ask you was, uh, I mean, to me, the legalization of abortion just makes it seem like to everybody, oh, well, if it's legal, it must be okay to do. So so we kind of, you know, because it's legal, people think it's okay to do. Well, no Catholic the, who knows their faith or is truly that, Catholic that, that, should think it's okay. The, no Catholic, that, I'll just throw this in, Paul, and I know you agree, no Catholic yeah. would be excused from thinking abortion is okay. No Catholic that, will be excused from that. That's right. And but I, what I was wondering and maybe get your thoughts on was that maybe I mean, I mean, like, like a Catholic bioethics person like you were mm-hmm. speaking of the other yep. day. Mm-hmm. I was so shocked. I was just shocked. To I, hear. Was too. Yeah. I was, too. And, I was, too. I was, too, Paul. And, you know, uh, and he is the, the priest that heads up the National Catholic Bioethics Center. Um, and he gave three reasons for it in the article, and not one of those reasons to me seem valid. Um, but the point is, unfortunately, the church today allows it. And so yeah. because the church allows it, he's saying it's okay. I right. cannot believe it's okay before the church because the church allows it. It's not an infallible teaching. Um, again, there are, there are things the church has agreed on that, that I, I'm not against the church. The ch- I, you know, someone once said to, uh, someone, uh, don't be holier than the church. But the fact is, um, if we use the product of aborted babies, we are supporting abortion. We yeah, are. Yeah. We are I, perpetuating I, I, the, the practice. It's terrible. Yes, yes. And that's where my thought came where people think that if it's legal, it's okay. And it, I, no, you know, I know. It's not. And it's not. Abs- and no, if thought, abortion's legal. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, that's just the, uh, you know, the train of thought here uh, when we have. Uh, uh, well, the lapse in, in the morality. And That's what it talk. is. I mean, yeah, you know, and the other thing I was kind of shocked to hear is just that uh, how people, uh, there was some kind of a survey over the past few days, or I don't know when they mounted the survey statistics, but 
saying that people are, you know, don't believe in family anymore or faith or anything. Oh, I know. I saw that yesterday. I don't know what percentage is, but I saw that also. And the reason, Paul, is that the family is God's number one instrument, so to speak, institution to build his kingdom. And therefore, as you know, the enemy's number one target to destroy, which is why... Our Lady said to Lucia a hundred years ago at Fatima that the final battle, which I think we are in, actually, the final battle will be for marriage in the family. And at every end, uh, homosexuality, the transgenderism, the, the gender ideology, the Amazon Synod coming up in October, it is a, it is a horror to think about that Synod coming up. Um, Everything is to destroy the family, which is to destroy the church. You want to destroy the church, you destroy the family. You want to destroy civilization, you you get at the family. Without the family, there's no church, there's no school, there's no government, no vocations, nothing. And so it's all about, no matter what abomination, distortion, whatever it is, the purpose is to destroy the family. Well, thanks be to God, we know where the victory is. And that's as right. long as we stay, as long as we, like St. Paul said, run the race to the end. That's then, it. And uh, we got to keep our faith and just keep on keep on plugging away. And you I think got God it. God will make all things. Oh, Paul, perfect. In fa- you just, in fact, summed up our newsletter. Our newsletter, and I, I, I've talked about it a few times. It was out by email over a week ago, but the... The actual mailed copies, the paperwork with Holy Card and all of that is is out in the mail totally as of today. So whoever's on our snail mail list hopefully should get it uh, next week. Um, if I've had some calls because people haven't gotten it, and I said, no, this took a little longer of our mailing house somehow, but um, it'll be in the mail next week. And the cover of the newsletter is titled The End Times. And um, we go through that in the newsletter, and then the back cover uh, is the um, the future time, which is uh, the new heaven and the earth. So um, it's it's it it reports the devastation of our day uh, and the coming of the end times, but which I think we're already in. Um, but it's an encouraging an encouraging paper. So um, yeah. Uh, hopefully that'll that'll reach uh, people soon. Yeah, one last little comment there is that EWTN production a few years ago, the Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. Do I know you remember? That. Oh, I know. That, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, and when they were talking about a very near the end of that program, that which I very very seldom make reference to, but they were talking about uh, family. And uh, they were talking about that the uh, logical end would be uh, they show like a, you know, a detonation of a nuclear bomb. And like mm-hmm. the logical end, if we if we keep going on the path that that we are, not, not right. us as Catholics, but but if the world keeps going yeah. on the path that it is with like St. John Paul II would put the culture of death. If they keep, if we keep going on the path, that's it. That atomic bomb is what's in the. It's what's ahead. I'm with you, Uh, uh, yeah, Paul. I'm with you, dear one. And um, the thing is, you're saying you're not talking about Catholics, but the world. But I maintain 
that Catholics who live their faith, and that's a minority of Catholics. Catholics are a minority, but but who live their faith are a minority. And I say, God, uh, um, Peter Kreef, that wonderful comment, once made a a statement. He said, how come 12 fishermen converted the world and a half a billion Catholics uh, can't repeat the feat? And I think we could, we are the ones that can turn this around. If we live our faith, if we're not afraid, if we're not afraid to be different, if we are not afraid truly to be in the world and not of it, and because we have one minute less to this program, you've given me the opportunity again, Paul, to say to everybody, stay home on Sunday or go to the park with your family. Don't go, don't occupy a single restaurant anymore on Sunday. Don't go to a shopping mall or amusement park or anything ever again on Sunday. Withdraw from the world. It is the Lord's day and everybody will wonder what happened. And it'll be because Catholics are living their faith as they used to, as they used to. We need to do that. Uh, Pardon oh, me? Amen. Yeah. A- amen. Okay. All right, Mother. Good. I'll let All right, you dear one. I love you. God bless. God bless you, Paul. God bless you, my brother. And every one of you who live the faith, every single one of you who live the faith, I- I'm not going to go into another email right now because we're. Uh, we have, uh, we're just about the end of the program. You'll hear the end of music in about 20 seconds. So, um, I beg you, uh, what can I do? And I've, I've often said we're starting, starting Mary's Oblates to encourage, not to make it a difficult pro- process, not to have you, um, have to get so many studies in or pass so many tests to make it possible. For you to begin to live as a Catholic in this world, to be in the world and not of it, and to begin to bring your family together. That's what we desire. And if you get our newsletter, uh, you can send in. There's no requirements except for you to return your name and address to us so we could send you uh, a monthly newsletter and begin, begin to assist you. If you wish, and if you don't get our newsletter, go to our website, www.motherofisraelshope.org. Click on newsletter, and right there on the web, you could subscribe. We love you. We give thanks to the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News. We give thanks to God for making our program possible. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll speak with you on Monday. Thank you.